Smodco Internet Radio broadcasts the free funny, but you can broadcast your Smodco love with merchandise. Shirts, posters, comics, memorabilia, and more. JayandSilentBob.com is your hub for comic book men, secret stash, and Kevin Smith's cinematic catalog. It's an online one-stop shop that fulfills your need, minus the weed. JayandSilentBob.com Book market, baby. Hey, man, one more horrorish little beat, if you don't mind. Jay and Silent Bob Super Groovy Cartoon Movie uh, is coming your way. If you go to csmod.com slash groovy movie, you can see all the dates where it's going to be playing. And as of Friday, uh, March 1st, you're going to be able to see the trailer, man. We're dropping the trailer, and all the tickets go on sale all across America. There's a bunch of dates, about 17, I think, dates to start off with. We're going to be adding lots more. But uh, don't wait, man. The pre-sale went really well. We sold out a lot of our VIP tickets. So uh, jump online right now, csmod.com slash movie. Come see me and Jay. We'll show you a Jay and Silent Bob super groovy cartoon movie. This brand new Jay and Silent Silent Bob cartoon flick that Muse made. And then we'll do a Jay and Silent Bob Get Old episode right afterwards and Q&A it. So you'll be on the episode, man. It's a good time. So go check it out. Csmot.com slash groovy movie. This is Jack Morrissey welcoming you back to uh, Team Jack, episode 50, which I think we'll call some variation on Fifty Shades. We haven't figured it out. We'll figure it out during the course of the episode as usual. I mean, the title's not even important. What's important is you could all stop tweeting me now. It's it's back, man. Yeah. (laughs) I know you fucking love me and Jack, but... We could just call it episode 50. People were neglecting Shades. their families and like not going to work and just cowering in a corner waiting to hear us talk about Twilight. Or I know. We, there was a, it was pretty Twilight heavy at the end there, man. Well, it's still Twilight heavy. Um, we've I been away it. for three and a half months. Uh, our, our last episode, 49, was recorded in, the, in a suite in the Lux Hotel downtown with about 30 Twihards who are just on the verge of Seeing Breaking Dawn Part 2 at the L.A. premiere. Real quick, a room where there's not literally any space to fucking move your arm. I don't know no. that you can call that a suite anymore. We were all passing around moonshine in a mason jar. And um, then the movie came and went. And in December, I came and went to London and Edinburgh. Came home, started writing a, a rough draft of this movie that Eric and o- Eric Odom and I are working on, uh, which I finished last night at 10 of midnight. Good shit. And, um, and that's why we're back. He and tomorrow night, draft. yeah, uh, tomorrow night at midnight, Friday at midnight, uh, the movie comes out on DVD, so it's so weird. It's like we stopped right before the premiere and we're resuming right before the movie comes out on Blu-ray and DVD. Um, joining us, as everyone knows by now, is the guy who got me into this whole thing. Um, Darth Smithius, my it was so tough to be quiet. My Sith Lord, 
<laughs> I wanted to jump in so many times. I was like, not my place. Wait until you're introduced. You raised an excellent point about... At that Kevin Smith. Hey, it's, it's me, everybody. <laughs> an excellent point about the life of production. How essentially you like were ramped up all the way till the movie came out. Yeah. And then after that, all your energy is kind of spent preparing for the release. Right. And then when the movie's released. Then it's release. Yeah. And that's, you got nothing left to say. It's radio silence. Then there's nervous release, as Dr. Kinsey would say after that. And uh, then it's get a tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jim Sock in some cases. Did Kinsey refer to coming as nervous release? It's at, it's after orgasm. The last step is nervous release. Right. Yeah. On. Why? Yeah. What is it? Explain that. So wait, I come and then there's a second. And then you feel it in your legs, I think. Really? Yeah. There's just like a sort of. Uh, the, the wibble wobble. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't fall down. Yeah. yeah. Already all the Mormon housewives are like, Ugh, why did I even come back? Why did I give this another did shot? We have a lot of Mormon. Turn, turn it off. That's a, a huge oh, percentage cause, cause of the, the Twilight yeah, fan yeah. base is Mormon housewives, uh, much like Stephanie Meyer, the author. I've watched Big Love, man. They're freaks. They don't care. <laughs> you just alienated the other. Half <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that were on Big Love. Yeah. So wait a second. So yes. you shut down after production because you've spent all your energy getting there. That's right. And you take some time down, man, because think about it. Your whole life is up until that moment was get ready, get building ready, intensity, and then yeah. it happens, and the movie yep. speaks for itself, and you got yep. nothing left to do for a while. Yep. It's so it's you go to your Yeah. Is that what you did? You t- vacate? Yeah, London for. Uh, Christmas and New Year's. I don't mind telling you at Ian McKellen's house for both occasions. Oh, name which is pretty cool. Has begun. Well, I've, it's even better than Ian McKellen. Actually, Keep it's going. when you look at the. Um, it was all the hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> and all the X. No, here are the here are the two highlights of um, Christmas Day supper at his place. Wandering around upstairs and looking at all the Christmas cards on his bookshelf displayed, and. Just the one with the photograph on the front, and then you open it up, and just their first names inside. Is that our? Is Who's that, that plastic? Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! I was like, these mics are fucking good. Man. <laughs> yeah, it's like somebody's sneaking up on us. <laughs> um, a Christmas card from Pet Shop Boys. No, that's pretty good. But what the best I? is, what have I? What have I done to deserve this? <laughs> you didn't. You didn't deserve it so you didn't get one i know apparently <laughs> i'm not a west end boy <laughs> um, no the the uh w- weirdest moment for me was coming it was a pretty small thing there were only about 20 of us and coming in not really clocking anybody in the room and then immediately just sort of diving into a conversation with a small group of people the way you do just to sort of like you've just been thrown into the ocean and okay start treading water or whatnot and then someone sort of comes up to the left of you, insinuating themselves into the conversation on Christmas Day, and you look over. And it's Jesus Christ. It's Alan Rickman. Really? He was there? That's the it's fucking Hans right, Gruber it's right on next Christmas to Jesus fucking day. That's pretty sweet. Hans Gruber. You were dying hard, man. <laughs> I was. And I kept my powder dry all the way through that dinner until we were saying goodnight at the front door. And then it all just had to come out. It was Here like, it comes. it's my favorite Christmas movie of all time. I just have to say is Die Hard. And he acted like he'd never heard it before. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah <laughs> he's, he's pretty amazing. He always sounds a bit baffled. Always like yeah. a bit puzzled by people's like, come on, dude, you know how much everyone loves the world. I'm not do. sure he's so clued into the, I think he, his whole life is so Snape that I don't think he, I think Hans Gruber is like, 
you told me. It's always just weird though. I had that once. I was working at Whole Foods back in Manhattan, and Guy Pierce came up, and mm-hmm. I, I checked him out, and like halfway through, I was like, "Hey, dude, I just gotta say, I'm a really big fan." And he like looked over his shoulder to see who <laughs> I was talking to. And he was like, you mean me? Because when you fucking said it to him, he was shopping backwards. Oh, so he okay. didn't there understand you what yeah, you yeah. were talking about. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, man. It was mementoing. Um, what did Rickman tell you? Rickman said, he told me a cute story about, uh, they're done now with the Potter flicks, right? Yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. Dogma was, did you work with him more than once or was Dogma? Dogma was, I mean, was Dogma the picture? was the movie. And then um, we were almost had him back for Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Um, but yeah, it was Dogma. That's the one flick we, that we shared. Did you have a good not, experience not for, with him. Such an amazing, lovely we guy. Never, right? never didn't work with him again. Not for lack of trying. We tried right. to put him into the Clerks cartoon. He was the original voice that Alec Baldwin wound up taking over. Right. Um, tried really. to get him into Clerks too because he was in town at one point. So there was going to be like right. a, a walk in that I think Ben wound up doing instead. Um, tried to get him in something else and he is in the script for hit somebody. He is the narrator. So in the script, it says Alan Rickman <laughs> all the time. Cause he's right. it's an omniscient narrator throughout the, right. the story. And he is the voice of it. If you think of something like pushing daisies sure. where they had Jim Dale as the narrator, sure. this would be Alan Rickman reading the, the book of the movie to you in the, in the, which is now a miniseries long story. But, but regardless, I've always wanted to work with <laughs> him again since dogma, okay. but never had an opportunity, but we see him all the time. Whenever he comes to town, he, right. we try to hook up whenever we go to London He's very gracious, him and Rima come out, and we go out to eat. And stuff. Charming wife, wonderful, yeah. wonderful couple, and yeah. she's a smart, fucking lady, just classy all the way. Like such a great couple. So he's talking about like, um, you know, we did so much traveling, and you know, back east. So I decided to get a place in New York. That's right. So I said, right, on, where they man, spend where New Year's. He goes, um, the only problem is in the same building as Rafe. So we just couldn't have the children finding out that Snape and Voldemort living in the same building. We never get a moment's rest, Kevin. It's adorable. But uh, yeah, apparently, spoilers, I guess Rafe lives in the same building. Isn't All right. Yeah. Nice guy, isn't he? Isn't he a good? All you Mark David Chapman's out there. Yeah. Stay away from that fucking building. Magic <laughs> resides there. Um, what was it like going through? Take us back through the, the Twilight release. Other than that, was a charming story about being in the room with all the Twihards for your last episode. Well, you should listen to the episode. It's uh, Whew. They're all like, a lot of estrogen, a lot of crying at the end of that episode. Oh, really? A lot of crying and holding of each other. Because we're done. Crying we're done. within the first three minutes. For, yeah, pretty much so. It was pretty much 30 minutes crying yeah. for an hour. I remember seeing trigger. Return of the Hair Jedi trigger, and getting sad at age 13 going like, we're done. But I still had hope. Now you don't have to be sad anymore. I know. Now I'm excited every day. Are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Plus I they announce it, a new movie every day, too. That's so. the thing. It's like <laughs> they keep going like they're, they're taking Star Wars niche, man, where it's just like, who do you yeah. Like who do you, Bib Fortuna? You're gonna get a Bib Fortuna movie. I'm like, oh my god! I've always dreamed of a Bib Fortuna. Movie. So I'm, I'm all for that, and also like they're putting in the hands of people that like really give a shit, like yeah. fans. Yeah. Um, which you know a lot of people accuse the maker himself, George Lucas, of not being so much right in the last three movies. So you're definitely that may get, be true. You'll get more fan oriented stuff, and, yeah. and you know they're paying these dudes lots of money, so it'll be better than just fan fiction. It's yeah. gonna be new canon. I know someone on the inside who was talking with me before the JJ announcement and who basically told me it's no secret now in the wake of all the, of everything that they've announced, although I'm not sure that it's been given exactly the, um, this analysis, but basic, basically the mandate 
for Lucasfilm now operating under the Disney umbrella is, is they're competing with Marvel. Oh, really? So in-house, Absolutely. a little in-house, but what you're let's seeing build is our universe. They episodes universe. 7, 8, and 9, but these freestanding episodes that they're talking about, the model here is Marvel, Avengers, and all of the... So 7, 8, and 9 are the Avenger equivalents, and the Boba Fett movie is Ant-Man or whatever. I think there's a bigger I would think plan at work here than has been revealed. I would think that 7, 8, 9 are your Avengers movies. <laughs> so Avengers 1, 2, yeah. and 3... And all the ancillary movies are kind of this expanded universe. Like yeah. now, you know, they built single uh, comic book flicks up to Avengers and then fucking cashed in like a motherfuckers with yeah. Avengers. Yep. And then suddenly re-energized every one of those characters. Floodgates there. And yep. the floodgates for every other character. We're getting well, number a one Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yes, think about Which that. Which to me is, like, is that meaningful to you guys? Because no. I read these announcements I like Rocket Raccoon because like, he was a Mike But Mignolo come on, creation. dude. This is what's smart about it, though. <laughs> I, it's not for me. It's yeah. not my Marvel. But I'm not like, I'm against it. I'll watch anything. But this is why it's smart. Hook them while they're young. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. and look, you'll get them young with Avengers. It's colorful right. and stuff. But this is this goes to fucking childhood. This goes to plushies. This goes to he's the of those of the entire Marvel universe. Right. Rocky Raccoon is probably the closest that you'll get to a Disney cuddly or like right. a fucking Hello Kitty or something. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you can make this movie with so many I mean, voices, others, not yeah. actors. That's another good thing. So and they've you been can, casting smart, too. And you can reach out to, like, maybe, you know, they cast a wide net to try to get voice for... I thought they should have went with MC Chris. I thought so did I, good. for Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. Hey, absolutely. absolutely. So for the uninitiated... Like they're, they're reaching out to Adam Sandler, and they're reaching out to... Uh, what's his name? Jim Alan Car- Rickman. Jim Carrey and Sandler. I know. I think... Drew, uh, no, Jim Carrey. Yeah, they already cast uh, the guy from Parks and Rec, Chris... I can't remember. As the lead. As the lead in He's the, the human guy. Yeah, yeah. But, but again, here's what's for the uninitiated, it. it's all CG... No. Not all, not all. But, the, but when you say no actors, all voice actors. No, two well, characters out of the Well, your main character, four. like the hero, the, well, the, your human character, of course, is the main character, and that's who the dude from Parks and Rec is going to play. But right. the one who's breakout, the R2-D2, C-3PO, Art and, and Yoda wrapped up in the one. Okay. Is gonna, well, presumably. And I think in the hands of what's-his-fuck, he'll do a great job. Uh, James Gunn, yeah, he, yeah. He's a fuck. He's the tits. I loved right. fucking Hero, and I also loved, uh, what was that, Hero? Super and Slither. Super, super yeah. Slither, I fucking totally yeah, yeah. dug. Right. But um, so his, he's not going to make the cloyingly fucking adorable. Ver- his, 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 his raccoon is going to be pretty hard-ass. But that's that's a great foot to put forward, man. you got a human guy. And then you've got your fucking chewy man, essentially, right. and a right. tree, Talks. and a walking tree, and a walking tree. fucking sentient tree. <laughs> right. So, but and, here's, and I mean, it's yeah. it's lots, yeah. and it's also again, these aren't. If you don't know the world of Marvel characters, these aren't like oh, without the fucking Guardians of the Galaxy, nothing gets done. Like they're so third, fourth, fifth string, and that's right. what's brilliant about this move. Pull something like this. Make it work, and you know they're going to. No one wants to drop the ball first on one right. of these fucking Marvel movies, Correct. particularly now that the merger has happened. Yeah. Um, and you go and grab, you do the Marvel method. You play Moneyball with your talent, right? Same thing, like they reach out to James Gunn, who's done some really solid work, but hasn't like fucking ever had a home run and shit. Right. So they'll like put him in charge. He needs, seems to know animation. Who's also written Sco- the Scooby-Doo movies, exactly. which gives him kids credit. Just right. like Favreau, you know, was a guy they hit when he was coming off Sathura and nobody really cared anymore. Which was but a he disappointment. Had some, some right. critical like 
uh, heat on the side. The critics liked the movie, but it had no box office. Right. So you can go to that dude at that point in time and be like, eh, we'll pay you peanuts to do an Iron Man movie. And that right. dude's going to work his ass off to fucking deliver. That's why I think the credit right. for the entire, I mean, I, I know he wasn't the architect, but the linchpin, the keystone, why all of this Marvel shit works is because John Favreau said yes at the point in time that he did. Right. He'd had a huge success with Elf right out the gate. I mean, right. he did made, of course, but when he does his first like mainstreamy kind of flick, Elf, you, you get a movie that makes over a hundred million dollars and you are that guy. Next right. movie you make doesn't get that kind of attention. Right. Seems like a lot of people who've gone this route, they want back in the winner's circle. Right. So you go to a guy like him, you're going to get him for less than you would have gotten him. You can say, here's a fucking character. It's not Spider-Man. It's not the X-Men. It's not pre-sold. You're going to have to work on this one. Right. But this dude wants his hit bad. He knows he's got fucking golden material. And he knows he's at the beginning of something. Even if you can't conceive of the Avengers and all the fucking and the merger with right. Disney that's to come. Right. You can see that like, hey, finally, these Marvel people, as opposed to just letting their characters go. They want to do it right and they want to do it themselves. Same vision that they have in the comics and stuff. So that dude saying yes, coming in and working his fucking ass off. And that's the important thing. You get him at that point in his career where he ain't coming off of Elf. He's fucking hungry. He's hungry. Yeah. You get that guy and he's also done some space, some special effects. Think about it. Elf is... Not, I mean, he had some cartoon stuff, but it's pretty, sure. you know, pretty much Will Ferrell in the costumes. Thora, yeah, he's got break some, some individual effects. Exactly. So he's got like some elements at play here and, and like enough experience between a couple different mediums and enough hunger at that point in time where suddenly they'll like take the ball. He is going to fucking score. That movie is beautiful. I think it's the best of all the Marvel movies. I don't slight Yas Whedon by any stretch of the imagination. I think Avengers right up there. Right. But Iron Man is fucking spellbinding. The original. Yeah. The first, the first right. one. It's right. and even I'm mean, two is of course a lot of people have issues with two. I still think it's good, really right. good. But the first one is just pure fucking magic. They found a way to make that character work. They found a way to take all the best elements of James Bond, all the best elements or fun elements of Batman. Sure. Um, and put it like you've got a, a non brooding superhero. You know what I'm saying? You have Robert Downey Jr. Who, and who is almost another survivor. fucking typecast. And that yeah. comes down yeah. to Favreau because they didn't want him. Marvel was like, John, fuck it. What, are you kidding me? Robert yeah. Downey Jr.? He had to fight to get that guy cast. And Robert Downey Jr. at this point in time is the fucking spine. Remain, and remains the center. He of, is the Marvel universe. Of all these posters. And yeah. smartly did fucking. The center of the, the cell. Kept, like, remember at one point they said, oh, the Avengers, he ain't going to be in too much. And in two, they were setting it up for like Iron Man not to be involved in the Avengers that much. Then the Avengers comes out and he's fucking, he is a, he's the main he's character the in the fucking right. Avengers. Yeah, 100%. Right. So that's a smart guy who's just like, fuck it, man. Like, I am, this is the closest I'll ever be. He's like, this is better. I remember that dude doing interviews, talking about uh, Tony Stark, talking about Iron Man, going like, why does anyone give a fuck about Batman? He's brooding. He's dark. Who gives a shit? This guy, he's got all the money and all the fun and all the heroics and stuff. He believed right. in that character. Right. Kept selling it. Kept selling it through the movies. So, and then you got your first Iron Man's huge breakout. Second one makes money, but people are like, eh, the bloom's off the rose. Right. Avengers, man, you get back in there. You fucking slug it out. You make the Avengers. 
You've re-energized the fucking franchise. One of the highest grossing films of all time. Watch what happens to Iron Man 3. I guarantee you Iron Man 3 makes more than the first. And it's a new filmmaker, too. It's Shane Black. And you're bringing on Shane Black as well. And who's Hollywood's loyalty. But speaking of Hungary. Exactly. That's the Marvel method. You reach out to a filmmaker who's like, hey, his last movie was really good. The the Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. We all loved it, but it didn't make any money. But it didn't make money. And you've already got your Padrinos in your corner. You've got Robert Downey Jr., who's apparently very tight with Shane Black going like, look, if anyone's going to do the next one, if it's not John, right? fucking let's go for this guy, man. He's right. Shane Black. Like, he's no pig in a poke. He wrote fucking Lethal Weapon. So <laughs> right. he's got a background in action movies. Right. And the but, long kiss goodnight. And then the long and kiss last action hero. Last action hero. I mean, yeah. this is a dude who's got experience, but his last directorial effort with Robert Downey Jr. is a strong movie. If you've never right. seen Kiss, Kiss, Bang, right. Bang, go watch it. It's and great. Val Kilmer, right? Val yeah. Kilmer's fantastic. Yeah. And that's why I wouldn't rule out a Val Kilmer appearance in this movie somehow. Right. right. You know, unplanned, unexplained. That may be a, a team. Now, let me ask you, ner- let me ask you, comic nerds, two other projects. <laughs> I mean, obviously, there's so much happening with comic, comic movies. Dude, there to are films, so many. But there are two that I'm, in inter- that I'm yeah. sort of interested in your guys' take on without knowing who you might know or who you might be loyal to. So let's just go stepping in the shit. Fire. Um, the director of Chronicle is put on to Josh Fox's Trank. reboot of Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. This is a good thing. We'll, we'll do them one by one. This is a good thing. Really good okay. Because Chronicle is a strong movie. And Agree. it also, they, they were able really to. Really liked Chronicle. And they were able to do the, the I always like when any uh, filmmakers take something we're all used to, which at this point is the faux documentary right. approach. Found, found footage yeah. film. Right. If you or will. even flying. That shit as we're well. We're also used to. We've seen it a zillion times. They found a new way to deal with found footage, smart way to make a very expensive movie for a very low budget. Right. So that's smart filming. I know what's his name wrote it, Max right? Landis. Max yeah, Landis. Yeah, yeah. But the director, whose name Josh is Josh Trank. Josh Trank. Did a wonderful job with the material. So I understand Fox, who wants to hold on to the Marvel license that they were granted a few years back when right. they got the Fantastic Four. Right. Naturally, Marvel and DC would love all their characters to return. What fucking studio wouldn't want? I mean, yeah. DC of all people. I, what I studio mean, is going to let that DC, happen? Disney. Disney of all people. This is a studio like they did the Incredibles for Christ's sake. Yeah, so they've, done the, so they've done the Fantastic Four. They've done the Fantastic Four. So they right. could be like, shit, man, we'd love to do it again. But Fox wants to hold. It's Fox, right? Yeah, it's Fox. It Disney Fox. would get they silver, hold on and they'd to get it. Silver Surfer and Galactus and yes, the Eternals. It comes with a plethora of characters. It, yeah. These right. deals that Marvel did. Title, by the way. <laughs> these deals Marvel did back in the day, they were not. Uh, they didn't really define their terms. So they were like. Uh, you want Daredevil and all his villains. Well, Daredevil's villain is Kingpin, who's actually Spider-Man's villain and shit right, like that. Right. So suddenly Kingpin's taken out of commission and placed over here. Um, in the case of, uh, you know, the Avengers, of course they want to fucking have him face off against Galactus. Like right. that would be the ideal next, uh, if not Thanos is next. By the time you get to three, you do the Galactus saga or something like that. Right. But you can't because he's connected to the Fantastic Four. Last time we saw him in a movie, he was a giant purple cloud. Right. So now <laughs> D- Marvel doesn't have Marvel Disney doesn't have access to some of their characters. Spider Man right. that we've seen uh, Sony. Sony successfully reboot just so they can yeah, hold on to. They're it. not letting Spider Man return no. to the. So in Fox's case, Spider Man ain't going to Burbank. Never with Fantastic Four. This is them going like, well, fuck, we'll hold on to this. We done two. They right. made us some money, more the first than the second. But let's everyone's rebooting. Why are we giving it back? Let's do it. And boom, right. they're rebooting. Now there was right. some talk about horse trading with Daredevil. Maybe Marvel might get Daredevil back for 
some uh, future for some consideration for Fantastic. They want. Four. It sounds like they want Galactus more than anyone, and that they were willing to trade stuff for Galactus. But it doesn't sound like it went it's through. Want to go through? It's, it's so like weird. Ba- it's Major League Baseball. It's really funny yeah. for a player to be named at a later date or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But that's what's exciting to a geek, dude, because you're like nobody ever talked about shit like this. Yeah. In terms that are exciting, and when you were in the dusty comic book shop in 1976, no, no one ever imagined that and it would be lay, dominating lay the culture. People can do it. Like, yeah. You don't have to be comic book savvy to do it like people yeah. can tell, like well that avengers made a billion dollars and stuff like that like yeah. you, people can speak the lingo and just how it's permeated every aspect of the co- when i was a kid if you wanted to buy a fucking spider-man t-shirt you had to go to a comic book store yeah yeah they're at every supermarket and yeah. little tchotchke store on the side you know what i mean it's, it's yeah and what's great is now it's we're driving getting, the movie business yes and now it's we're, replaced action movies which it's were so popular in the it's 80s It's the modern into the day 90s. Western. You know, yeah. back in the, in the 40s, 50s and shit like that, early heyday of the movie business, black and whites, all they would do is Westerns. They called them odors. They went that awayers. Because you yeah. know why? Because it's so fucking cheap. You got all these undeveloped property and land. Throw some fucking horses on it, some old clothing on it. Right. A shack. <laughs> you got a set. You just put people pull a gun, you're off and running and shit. Yeah. The problem <laughs> is, back then they were cheap, man. Like, you know, you hear about fucking how much the... Lone Ranger costs, and you're like, uh, Westerns used to be cheap. That's why they didn't make it for a while. <laughs> Disney's the Lone Ranger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when you talk about it being the modern day Western, it's right in as, in as much as like, that's what they fill the cinemas with. But it's wrong in as much as you can't make one of these nope. fucking comic book movies for the price of a, for the equivalent budget. No, of the, the cheapest you can make Western. anything remotely resembling a comic book movie is what they made Chronicle, Chronicle for, which is about 12 million, right? Yeah. And they shot in South Africa and all that kind of stuff. Right. But, is that I where mean, they shot? Yeah, Johannesburg. Um, so you're getting rebates and shit like Johannesburg that. Johannesburg for smart Seattle. That's what's doing. Faux footage, man, yeah, is like yeah. or found footage is going like, hey, if and I then mean, opening it up at the end of the, and then they have their one at a, and Chronicle, they open it up to that. There's that ten minute segment that's not found footage, and all of a sudden the scope fucking goes yeah. huge, and it's yeah. it's great. It's uh, good use of the medium. Yeah. It's fun, man. So then they announced that Matthew Vaughn, who's off of off of X Men first, first Class Part, part two, two, which is Days of Future Past, which Brian is now doing exactly. Right. Which I, let's I'm hold on, Vaughn. So Vaughn is announced as the producer on Trank's Fantastic Four. Well, he's already on oh, KS2, right? Is that now. meaningful? Yeah, it is. And as much as. Why do he, they need him? He brought value. Uh, he reinvigorated the X Men franchise after. Uh, X3 or X3, Wolverine? Uh, well, after Wolverine, the second Wolverine started getting a little bit more abundant. There's, been There's two only Wolverines. one so far. There's one. The Gavin, the Gavin Hood one. The second one the second is in theaters coming. this summer. What was that movie that came out that people were just like, I guess it was Wolverine. It's that was Wolverine Origins. It was yeah. a little soft. It wasn't as, didn't do the business that X3 did. It was did. not good. Yeah. And right. X3, even though it did some money, a lot of people were like, well, people, it's missing Brian Singer and yeah. it's fucking, what's his face? They killed yeah. every character. And, so, yeah. and they looked like they were concluding and blah, blah, blah. So when they right. bring... Matthew Vaughn on for X Men First, First Class. class. Mm-hmm. He's coming off of Kick Ass. Um, he's got some definite heat on him, but he's also reinvigorating a franchise that that one made some loot. That and were you a First fan? I, that is, I think it's great. One of my I favorite superhero too. movies in the in in the foreseeable past. And I'm, I'm not going like he's got a magic touch where he can do shit others can't. But he did a really nice job with that movie. Funny thing about that movie, as opposed to, for instance, X Three, was X Three. Everybody just seemed very middle of the road about it. Everyone was sort of, you know, yeah, I, I liked it. I, I didn't even I, hear that, dude. Well, I heard, no, I know so people I like who it, like it. Really? Oh, yeah, I saw I it. Well, there's like, one. <laughs> we talked about this. I but here's the can, thing with so First Class. <laughs> but everyone was, is sort of, you liked it, you didn't like it. But with First Class, I know people I love it. who really love it, like everyone sitting here, I think. 
but I know people who really loathe it. The thing I liked about First Class, more so than the film itself, it was the first superhero movie where I didn't care about canon because they were just up front. They were like, this movie's not going to be canon. We're making a fun X-Men movie. Right. It don't. But none of those movies are canon. No, but but they get close enough that I get upset. But with, here's my question. Yeah, yeah. Was it canonical to the first three X movies? Or they no. Just like, no. Not like, at all, right? Not at all. Uh, Emma Frost is in two different time periods. So they did their own reboot. Yes, 100%. And it's different from the comics, too. Like, Xavier doesn't get yeah. shot by Magneto. Spoilers, get, uh, motherfucker. Movie's been out for like fucking two years <laughs> Still, now. Still, you gotta call spoilers 25 years. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, you know, you're right, though. But, uh, no, it was the first one. It just seemed like Vaughn was like, look, we're not gonna make a comic book we're just going to do our own thing right and i'm not going to say that was a case despite of, the fact that it's based literally on a, a it's comic not though because x- no x-men first class it stars the uncanny x yeah. but the point is but they took the title, the title and he was like i'm still yeah, i'm yeah, taking yeah, the totally. title but i'm going to do what i want yeah, yeah, yeah. now first class part two which was kind of going to be first class part two and then became days of future past. days of future past days of future past also for the uninitiated is based on only a two-issue Chris Claremont book, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was two issues. That's yeah. it. But it's kind of towers as the Dark Knight, it's, like it's Frank Miller's Dark most, Knight for most, the X-Men, right? One of the most respected X uh, storylines of all time. You're right. It's Would you put it on the list of one of the brief. most respected books of all time? No. No. You would not. <laughs> no. You would not. No, not I wouldn't personally, okay. no. Okay. No. Because, I mean, you kind of summed it up there. You're like, it's two issues. Like, you can get a lot done in two right. issues, but, you know, it, it helps to have more breathing space. Something okay. like Dark Knight Returns, they had four issues, wasn't even 22 pages. They had bookshelf format at that point. Right. So uh, something like this, man, it's a great story. Everyone in comics knows it because uh, just like in all uh, geek literature, geek media, Nerd media doesn't even have to be geek or nerd as well. You get to do a what-if story. Marvel's famous for the what-if stories. DC created multiverses so they could do, there's a Batman of Earth too who's married to Catwoman and shit right. like that. But Marvel <laughs> didn't do that. They have this, they, they didn't have multiverse. They had what-if stories. So Marvel would do, what if this happened? Or what if this one was this one? Right. So this story is kind of like the this ultimate. Is this the first Marvel? Is this the first X-Men what if? Or had they done it? It's not They'd technically a, a few, but it's not. But it, well, it's not a what if. It took place within the title itself. There was an actual okay. comic book called What If dot dot dot. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. cover would say like, if Spider-Man that. ran the Fantastic Four. Like, and it would be that. Right. Yeah. Okay. They do unlikely stories using their characters. This okay. was a story where it was a time traveling story. And we all love right. time traveling stories. If you love science fiction I hope or fiction we do. in general. Yeah. Most, most cats do. Looper. Did you like Looper? I did. I just watched it actually Good, like a month it? ago. Yeah. Pretty tight. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, it's the idea of the X Men, uh, go to an alternate reality future, days of future past. Right. Where the which fucking is Sentinels are dystopian, over. which is the big well, thing yeah, in YA literature these days, Hunger Games, Divergent. And your star is a 16 year old girl. Yeah. Because Kitty's the only one that goes to the future. Kitty Pride. But are they going to keep it as, is it going to be what's her face? I think it's going to be Mystique. You would think it would have to be Jennifer Lawrence, right? She's back, right? She's back. And if she's in the mo- you they have to make her the star now. You know what I mean? She's an Academy Award winner. Yeah, dude. It's true. Well, well, yeah. She's, have they started shooting Brian's well, movie yet? No. no. They cast Ellen Page. They start April 15th in Ellen, Montreal. Ellen Page is in the movie as Kitty Anyone Pryde. else? Anyone else? Any other actress? I would say, I don't know if she's going to fucking show up, man. Like she's she, showing up. I guarantee she's she seems up. She's she, up. genuine. She seems yeah. like she... And she's even though she's showing, she ain't showing up for the same director. It was Matthew Vaughn director last no. time. She's, she's showing up for Brian, for Brian Singer, a guy she hadn't even worked with before. Yeah. She's kind of yeah. classy like that. 
But she's also, speaking of Ian McKellen, I mean, here you have this actress who's just won an Academy Award for Silver Linings Playbook. Good call. Who's also Mystique, and going back to be Mystique, who's, who this Oscar. fall will also be Katniss Everdeen again in Catching Fire, you know? Oh, I mean, this girl is... She's spreading it out. She's working the art house, but she's also working the megaplex, you know? Did and she's win, not afraid of either. Did Anne win an Academy Award? No, twice nominated. But not, and the second time was, the first time obviously was for Gods and, and Monsters. Lord the the second time was for Gandalf and Fellowship of the Ring. Wow. Fellowship? Fellowship, yeah. Wow. I know, crazy. His return was Well, that's the one where he does, hey, did he Hobbit, goes down that Hobbit cabin. happen since you guys been on vacay? Or did you yeah, talk we haven't. About did, Hobbit? We no, haven't we haven't talked, talked about, about the Hobbit. Did you go see it? I was. Yeah. I'm of not course. a Hobbit guy. I'm not. Yeah, so I am. A, I am a big it. Hobbit yeah. guy, but I did see it. How was it? I. Uh, I was not a fan. Here's did you my like take. There were parts the first that were three, fun. Right? The first three. How let me ask. Let me put it in me. this context. You've seen Lord of the Rings, all three of them. I have. Okay. Have you? Did you like the Rankin Bass cartoon version? Yes. Of Lord Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith here using. A term that I it's was Ralph, first it's introduced actually to Ralph, me it's actually by Ralph, the Hildebrand brothers. Really? Yeah, well, that's never, Greg Hildebrand always used to, in New Jersey, at Lake Hapatcong. Bring up Ragged Bays? Well, remember, the Hildebrand brothers first came to prominence through their Tolkien calendars. Oh, my God, you're right. So if, if you were talking Tolkien with the Hildebrand brothers, who really repopularized Tolkien in the early 1970s, right around the time of Star Wars with these unbelievable painted Tolkien calendars that they released for about five years... If you talk, if you wanted to talk to them about the TV version of The Hobbit that you saw as a kid, done by Rankin Bass, but it wasn't. It was Ralph, wasn't it Ralph Bakshi? No, it was no, Rankin Ralph Bakshi. Rankin did, Bass did the Lord of the Rings movie. Correct. Oh, Rankin Bass did The Hobbit. I've never seen a Rankin Bass. What is the Hildebrand? What's your take on it? Rank and Bass. They call it Rankin Bass. <laughs> yeah, was it terrible. Was it claymation? And no, 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 no. Rankin, oh, on, Rankin Bass, who I've throughout my child, in my entire childhood, because nobody ever pronounced it when yeah. you were a kid, I call it Rankin Bass because <laughs> it looks like a bass, like B A S S bass guitar. It could have Rank been Rankin Bass. Bass. I know, but it, yeah. that is such they a big part of that. my childhood, man. And yeah. I'm not a huge. Fan well, they of the did Hobbit, Gollum. That well. was my Hobbit back then. That was the only Funny. fucking reference. And they gave good the Gollum. <laughs> they did, but they did shit like fucking uh, Frosty. Yeah, you're without a Santa Claus. I knew, I know them from yeah. their claimation Christmas stuff. Yeah, yeah no, but they also did a lot of two D. Just like going. Frosty was two D, they did a Hobbit oh, two D. That's right. Yeah. I didn't even think of and it. that was the only Hobbit of record. And then Correct. when Ralph Bakshi did the Lord of the Rings, that was in theaters. Right, and I want to say there was no PG thirteen. I want to say at one point it was I'm, just a PG. It was, was either PG. G or a PG. It's PG because yeah. it wasn't G. It was after Star Wars, and it was before uh, you know T- Temple of Doom. So there Which was, was no PG thirteen. No, but it, like it would have gotten a PG thirteen. I think. Yeah, it's pretty. It's yeah. pretty intense Menacing, for a PG yeah. cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm confusing with Heavy Metal was the one that got the R rating. That, That's yeah. correct. Which is uh, such a big jerk off movie for me when I was a kid. Me too. Wasn't it? What What did it for you? The big no, dude just running around with the Loch Ness. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, I fucking the, the chicks with a lot of boobies flopping <laughs> yeah, and oh, giant yeah. boob aliens. Oh, it, but yeah, I still awesome. find the whole vibe of that movie. If I'm laying in bed at night and scrolling through Directv and Heavy Metal is on, the whole vibe you of that. Off. Uh, no, I won't. But I will watch it. I'll dip right into it's heavy good, metal. Man. It's you good. can always absolutely. You could jump into any storyline and be yep. interested. There's no weak episode. It's a great sense of tone. Let me ask you this: Creep Show. Is well, there a dude, weak episode? Oh, of course. What is it? Uh, well, it's quite a number of them. But in in Creep Show, the movie itself. Yeah, for me, um, they're creeping up on you with E.G. Marshall at the end and the cockroaches. That's really, you don't like that. 
It doesn't really scratch my itch now. And I'm also the the uh, Ted Danson episode. No, at the beach. That's amazing. <laughs> I go the one that I can't. The one that I always tune out. For Don't say it, motherfucker. Stephen King. Lonesome oh, death oh, of God. Jordy, yeah, Jordy no, Verrill. That is true. That's that the is toughest true. one to take. That is true. <laughs> you know I own Fluffy, right? Did you know that? No. Yeah. Dude, I bought Fluffy from your boy, Tom Savini. Get out of here. Really? Yeah. Yes. Where is it? It's at Tom Spina's place now in New York, getting all, getting his hair did. He'll be back out in April. Are you serious? Come up to my house finally in fucking April, and I will show you Fluffy from 1982, brother. I was going to come up and do episode 50, but then we were doing it. No, you weren't. Place. I would have. I would I almost I literally never, got dressed because I was yeah. like, maybe we'll go do it up there. Um, no, no, no. Did and you, by the way, I finally met your boy Mandel the other night. Isn't he a peach of a human being? So great. He's a great dude. He's so coming back up great. to do, uh, we started doing a Smin review. Dave now Mandel, we're folks, we're talking about such a good guy. He wrote for S- SNL for a long time, so and we're going to do Seinfeld, ABC, right? and, and many. And Kevin now he works for the animated Clark's cartoon. That's products. where him and I work together. Yep. But he's a great dude. We're going to have him do ABCs of SNL. But anyway, he's. Uh, why did you bring him up? His friend. Well, Angel. speaking of yes, a mutual friend who also lives in the neighborhood here. But speaking of a guy who has great shit. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh he's my god. Storm, I don't even want. He's got a Star Wars stormtrooper helmet. Uh, he has better than that, dude. What have you? We seen? have to talk off air for that. Remember? Didn't we almost get? He's in trouble got Dark Knight pages, man. He's got crazy shit. He has like, unbelievable. I, I, that was the stuff. only the place I've ever time. seen. It's other not. Than, ca- it, none of it's kept at his house in the neighborhood, anyway. So no, even if you figured out it. where it's in, a, he has his own site. B. <laughs> it's so, what's amazing about Mandel's when he was single. He had this apartment that he started filling with crap, like yep. his shit he loves, and he yep. would just. He had this sweet, sweet deal. From Seinfeld, when Seinfeld ended, everyone started scapping up Seinfeld writers, and they paid him an ass load of money to come work exclusively at some at Touchstone. It was right. Touchstone TV, right? So he had like copious amounts of money. He wasn't married, right. had no kids at that point, and he and started he's a huge buying geek. hero props. He started buying hero props from movies yep. and hero comic book work. So That's one right. of the only places I've ever seen pages from wow. Dark Knight. You know, other than the museum, right, is fucking at Mandel's in a drawer. Right. So that apartment in a drawer, in a drawer, that oh, which is where they should so... be kept in the dark. Yeah, remember, as one unbelievably high end art collector told me, whose family started like a world class art collection when they fled the Nazis in the forties, um, and we were talking about like framing and UV plexi and all this shit. It's like Jack. Just let me tell you, if you're lo- if you are looking at it. It's fading. Yeah. <laughs> Put it back in the drawer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's got his apartment is so full. When he got married, he kept the apartment just and, as yeah. a storage. Just as storage. Yes. Yeah, so that is his site. Look at things. And that yeah, was like okay. the Smod Castle was kind of an art room for a while. <laughs> but his was, fu- he got that's way awesome. more shit than no, yeah, we ever yeah, had. Yeah. Oh my God, jealous. Yeah. Amazing so stuff. Did you, did you wind up seeing The Hobbit? Yeah, yeah so I saw The Hobbit. Hobbit. Here's my line on The Hobbit slow start. And obviously, it runs long, which I feel is just going to be a Peter Jackson thing now for the rest of his career since since Lord since of the Rings the and then the extended editions of Lord of the Rings, but King Kong and the level. I just feel like he he's a guy who likes to tell it long. So it's a slow start. All the dwarves get, show up in Hobbiton at, uh, at Bilbo's Hobbit Hole. There's a long Sounds dinner. So they clean the dishes. All the getting They show up for dinner and getting aroused. They eat them out of house and hobbit hole. They clean the plates. And by the time that sequence is over, you still kind of don't know one from the other. Do you other. know what minute mark we're at when the hobbit hole sequence is over? 
Uh, no. It takes 40-something minutes to get out of Bilbo's house. Wow. Yeah. To go on the journey. Yes. But once they hit the road... It's fun. The old magic is kind of back. Yeah. And then you get to see the one ring and the Gollum sequence, Riddles in the Dark, I guess it's, it's called. Riddles in the Dark. Is phenomenal. It's the best part of the movie and possibly, phenomenal. The, possibly the series. I am a The ma- Eagles are spectacular. Cool. I'm a massive Lord of the Rings fan, like so much so that I have Bilbo's fucking sword tattooed to my arm. Right. We this, need a picture of that for the episode. This guy. was the first time I, uh, I got what you were talking about in Clerks 2. There was a lot of fucking walking in this movie. So even in the trailer, dude, they're all... They're I was astounded. Hobbit. Yeah. Magical journey. What was it called? A journey. Unexpected journey. An unexpected journey. Every yeah. cut was just like, look at these motherfuckers marching through the woods. And I think when the first <laughs> ones came out, I was too fucking fanboyed up to notice it objectively. <coughs> now they walk for a thir- third of that film is just them walking with aerial shots. Why did he yeah. feel the need to beef up the running time? Because to make three movies... I think so, yeah. Oh my god, is that, oh that's right. It used to be just like we're gonna make two, but two. now he's making three. Now it's three, but he didn't shoot an extra film, so that he had a third film worth of footage. So nothing happens in this movie really because they have to make two more movies where nothing really happens. Because the Hobbit the Hobbit itself is the shortest by far of all of the Tolkien books. It's like yeah, it's 160 a, pages yeah, or something. It's a trifle. And nothing really happens in it. So, so they he made, made three, three movies out of three books. And, and now he's making, making three, three movies, movies out, out of, of one like a novella. novella. Yeah. 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 As you do. The Hobbit. <laughs> an unexpected search for more money. Well, or an expected search. I guess. But who started that grab? Potter. But right? here's the funny Potter thing. Potter was the first movie to split a movie. Uh, Kill Bill. Oh, yeah. I think Quentin did it first. Yeah, yeah that Before makes sense. Yeah. 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 Quentin was the first one he I was. heard of where it went into production as one. And then somebody was like, ah, we're going to do it as two. Um, but I don't, that doesn't strike me as a money grab as much as, like, I can't put out a five-hour fucking movie. Yeah, but the Potter, that Potter never occurred to me as a money grab. It's really? just like, oh, my God, that last book is thick as yeah. a cock. You can't get it all in <laughs> So Well, here's the thing, though. Jackson's down at Harry Knowles' Butnumathon last December and tells the crowd there before he rolls the, before he rolls the movie for them that, oh, and don't worry, the extended edition of The Hobbit will have another 35 minutes. They were gonna see Bil- we're gonna see Bilbo sleeping. Like yeah, it'll be yeah, a twenty yeah. minute static shot of him sleeping in bed before they go With on like the journey a, via baby cam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> You're gonna see every dish get washed. Uh, you do, you do already, dude. And put away. There's and a then, sequence of dishwashing in this and then movie. Bilbo's gonna come out and just be like, "Wait a second, these aren't clean enough." And they're like, "One more." <laughs> they're time. in the wrong cupboard. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of, okay. um, well, jumping back to to uh, cartoons. So one other thing that I've I did since uh, episode 49 was recorded, as did Cohen, as I'm sure have you, was we all lent our voices to the latest Jay and cartoon Bob. opus. The only cartoon opus. Bring me up to speed. Well, Jay and Silent Bob, super groovy cartoon movie. Both the boys here um, uh, donated their time and vocal talents as well, and they're in the picture. Uh, it's uh, Muse made a cartoon movie. Mr. Muse and his sobriety was like, I want to do something. I want to be a producer. I said, do you know what a producer does? He's like, no. I was like, well, then you're a producer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gave him this script for this comic book, uh, this miniseries we had done. I'd done it as a graphic novel, Blunt Man and Chronic. But uh, that was kind of the starting point. And it was more like, here, kid, don't bother me. Right. He went away, and he came back like a couple months later, and he was like, do you want to see some of the movie that me and Steve Stark worked on? Steve Stark was a guy 
who had just tweeted me one day, tweeted me and Mosier going, hey, I made this thing from Smodcast. It was a little cartoon that he had made off of a smile. And this is before the Ricky Gervais. Yeah, cartoon. what was the first star tune? I can't remember. It was uh, the panties under the ice. Oh, that's right. Talking about the yeah. ice, uh, the center point, uh, hockey. Uh, talking about the Canadian loony legend, about the coin under the ice. And then uh, he did. we talked about it being like panties. And this guy, this Canadian guy talking about finding the pair <laughs> of panties. It was ridiculous. But he made this fucking cartoon of it. We were spellbound. We were like, oh, my God. This is amazing. It reminded me of, do you remember when we were kids, there was a cartoon called Thank You, Masked Man that was based on the Lenny Bruce bit? Like, I don't know no, how else to explain it. There's not at all. cartoon, if you look it up on YouTube, it's called Thank You, Masked Man. Uh, Lenny Bruce did this old bit um, on one of his albums, one of his routines, stand-up routines, it's called Thank You, Masked Man, and it's about a bunch of people reacting to the Lone Ranger coming in and going okay and so uh it's a bunch of town puzzling like over the guy it's a pretty funny bit somebody took it and animated it like years ago when, when we were kids right and um so you saw all the you know lenny bruce does every voice but you saw wow. different characters and stuff wow this reminded me that lenny bruce was brilliant we were not but still this guy made a cartoon <laughs> of this piece of our podcast so <clears throat> we reached out to him and said dude do it again do it all the time right start breaking off money for him to make shorts that became Smotimations. Wow. Later on, Smotco cartoon show. So Muse, around this time, uh, about halfway through the first season of Smotimations, Muse is like, I want to make a, I want to make something. I gave him this thing. And uh, he goes, can I do it with Steve Stark? I said, yeah, yeah, go ahead, man. Give him a shout. So Steve was up for it and shit. He'd never done a movie or anything like that. But he was like, yeah, fuck yeah, man. You're paying right. for it? I'll totally make a movie. And so they've been working on, they worked on this little piece. It wasn't even meant to be a movie. It was going to be a web series at that point. Muse showed me the finished piece. And I was like, dude, this is like, this is a movie. Like you could, this could be a feature. We could take this out on the road like Red State. Right. So they started regearing it for that. And so it turned into Jay and Silent Bob's super groovy cartoon movie. Everyone, uh, it feels like in the Smodco family has done a voice for the, for the show somewhere. Their, their voices are in the mix. Right. Um, it's a, a mock on superhero movies. So basically it's, uh, it takes pokes at, comics and superhero movies in general tells the story of jay and silent bob becoming uh masked avengers blunt man and chronic and they create their own rogues gallery by accident and then they have to destroy them and stuff total <laughs> stoner comedy like i what i right. look forward to doing is sitting in a theater because uh the, the tour we announced the tour and the tickets go on sale on friday the trailer drops tickets go on sale tomorrow it is that march 1st march 1st yeah yeah friday yeah so the trailer goes up and the tickets go on sale it's at See smod slash groovy movie. Okay. So we'll take it from place to place like we did with Red State. Like Red State tour it was only 15 stops here in the States. And I always felt like, fuck, man, like just when we got it right, we were done. And like I remember like Quentin talking about Kill Bill at one point. He was just like, um, I feel like I should make another Chopsaki movie. And I said, yeah, why? You should. And he's going, because just when I finished... Like I'd learned everything I could. I knew what I was doing and we were right. done. He's like, right. and I've got all this knowledge that I could put to good use. So the same kind of thing. I was like, we learned how to tour a movie by ourselves, take it out, right. be independent, truly independent and shit. Right. And this feels like an even better, more fun way to do it. Cause it didn't even cost that much money. The whole fucking movie cost 69,000 bucks. Crazy. So we do two shows and we've paid back the budget. The yeah. rest is just fucking green. Is there going to be an LA premiere? What's up? We're doing the Will Turn on Cinco de Mayo. You think nice. that's a big party night? Yeah. In LA. <laughs> 
<laughs> or is he in just Los Angeles? Like, in Los kidding? Angeles, I got to imagine there's like, <laughs> let me see, the will turns maybe fifteen hundred or something like that. I got to imagine there's fifteen hundred Angelinos or, or some or Californians, let's say, you'll fill it, who rather be with us than fucking drinking. Or they could do it. The will turn. Yeah, yeah, they've got a liquor license. There you the go. Wiltern, Celebrates. Which is a spectacular theater. That's where we did that. We ended the Red yeah, State the Red Art State. Deco, yeah, yeah. restored oh, Art Deco masterpiece. Great, beautiful theater. Yeah. And that's why we're Wilshire going. Boulevard. Muse, Muse went to like the last show at a Red State tour because he wasn't in the movie. And he was like, this is fun, man. I wish I'd been involved. And that's where it kind of like steamrolled from there. Like when I saw right. the footage, I was like, dude, it's a movie. We can take it on a tour. Right. And his eyes lit up because he wanted that experience and shit. So he made sure that he had a Will Turn show as well. So that'll be awesome. on May 5th out here. Awesome. You know what you should do is an idea that Bill had for the, the premiere of Breaking Dawn Part 2 that they couldn't quite execute was uh, the end of that movie has a massive sort of movie musical style curtain call. Mm-hmm. For all the actors, you see their, you see one shot of them, and then you see it's sort of like an Eric Odom as Peter. You see who they're playing because the characters are obviously so important to the fandom. But then, so you see the actor and the character they're playing. Yeah, well, you see just a moment from the movie, and then the actor's name comes up as the iconic character, right. the iconic for the Twihards, right? So they did it for every character in the but franchise. But then it opens right? up. Like it opens up and plus. it reaches back to the first to the American nomads from the first movie. Anyway, my point is oh, that's Bill's idea for the premiere, which again they couldn't execute, was um after the movie either before the movie or after the movie, the lights come up and literally all those actors from all five Twilight movies would all be lined up down in front uh, at the Nokia. Right. But more than that, so would the uh, four directors. Oh, that's Catherine sweet. Hardwick, who did end up attending. Chris Weitz, who did New Moon. David Slade, who did Eclipse. Well, I think nobody wanted in the room, hate to say. Why? And Mr. Condon. He's just not, you know. Not a happy dude? Well, as one character says about a, another vampire in, in uh, part two, it's not a people person. <laughs> They're talking about a vampire. That's the, hard, that's the hard candy guy. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, wait a second. But anyway, so, so my point is, at your premiere, if you've got everyone from the, from the, I can't even keep up with your lingo now. It used to be the Viewisk Universe. No, the Smodco family. Now it's the Smodco family. Get them all up, lined up on stage. I agree. And I'm not saying that so that Cohen well. and I go up. I I'm just saying. I'll keep my seat in the audience, but you should get them all lined up. I agree. All those They're voices. all out here. We'll absolutely, absolutely. have them join us on stage. Yeah, totally. But it'll be a totally fun time. Take me back real quick, though. I'm sure this is a gauche question, but... I never quite know what gauche means. Do, tacky? Tacky. Were, were you guys <laughs> melting down when fucking the fucking breakup happened or the all that shit went on? Were you like, no, we're well, so close to the finish line? We recorded the day the news broke, right? And we didn't you we didn't talk or about it. Or did it affect probably. you guys one iota? We didn't touch it. No, here's the thing about here's the thing about the breakup and the reunion. Um and the fun thing about coming out of the Twilight experience. Mm. Are they back together now? Yeah. Oh, okay. The fun thing about coming out of it is in dribs and drabs over the next couple of years. I'll still like. You'll have stories to tell. Yeah, I'll start yeah. telling stories. No yeah, question. You'll be out. You'll be because we're not. For a while. Yeah, we're not. The war machine is now out in a field rusting somewhere, and it's like, okay, yeah. Um, but was it? Was it? Uh, it was I, all real. It was and is all real. So anyone who thinks 
that it was already that they flies. that they broke up or and and or then got back together mm. for any level of like theatrics to sell the movie or get the movie back in the headlines, folks. Honestly, I, would assume, I would assume it's it broke up a marriage. It broke up a marriage <laughs> with, by the way, kids yeah. involved. And, and a sequel that's now not happening with those. Well, same it's not players. happening for that director, but mean, it is happening play. for Kristen Stewart. And, and his ex wife, who plays her mother in the film. She's in oh, the sequel. You really uh, think yeah, she's going to come back? If her husband's not. Oh, I guess. Eh. I mean, honestly, I don't know. Like, yeah. she's pretty. From what I understand, the ex wife is the ex wife is a little. I think she's very social, social media savvy. And yeah, she played is, it pretty. I mean, kind of out there. She played it pretty well. She I mean, may come back. Play, she may not I mean? be able to resist the opportunity. <laughs> she was dealt a shit hand, but she played that shit hand incredibly yeah. well. Yeah, she was dealt two seven off fucking suit, man. <laughs> Somehow found a way to turn that into a magical yeah. straight line. And and I'm not saying like, boy, she was lucky she got cheated on, but like in a world where something bad happened to her, yeah. She landed on her feet, and I'm sure she'll be nursing heartbreak for the rest of her life. But yeah. she's been very, very good in the in the public eye. I would say that it's not social media. It's said. not going to be so good for that director. But the reality is, Snow White and the Huntsman made a fuck ton of money yeah. globally, and as you well know, <laughs> in this town, everybody can be money talks. Again. Yeah, and he'll get another. He'll get another. Big studio picture, probably oh, from director? Universal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no question. It's not no like question. he's banished; he'll never work yeah, again. No question. No. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's a what a cautionary tale that is. Exactly. But no, that, I never that once is thought. Not a, I never once thought like this seems artificial. There are always conspiracy theorists out there around the who <laughs> are just like, oh, please, Rob and Kristen, you know, only got back together to da 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 da, da. and it's like, no. oh, come on. You think about every relationship you've ever had in your life when you were young. They're kids, right? They are kids. He's older than she is, but you do have to say. Um, you do have to give them a lot of credit for getting over this huge event and hugely public event. Him more than her, too. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I mean, for, for them reason, to really fair, put that back together, fair or unfair in a patriarchal society, to be the guy who was cuckolded, to yeah. be cheated on, yeah, that's much. It's it rarely fucking happens. It's it's you know I could think of Meg Ryan. When she was married to yeah. Dennis, Dennis Quaid, Quaid, that's about she it. She cheated on him? And yeah, yeah, oh yeah. With um, Crow, man. Is that true? I mean, that was the rumor. I don't right, I wasn't right, there right. fucking going like, put it in a Russell. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> she's very Come, really nice yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, mate. Um, so it rarely happens, and still they weathered the storm. But again, chalk it up to the kid's fucking age, man. When you were in high school, when you were young dating, when you're not married to somebody, man, you're just like, if you cheat, sometimes it fucking, it happens or something like that. In her case, she got a fucking light shined on it. Yep. Everything went the most blown up. The brightest light imaginable. And she's, I don't know her her from from Adam, but she seems like not, she doesn't seem like one of these people that's way okay with fucking, hey, everybody, let's talk about my life. And, no, she seems to hate being in quite the opposite. She seems yeah. to hate being alive. <laughs> it, she's I, it, it must have been hell on earth. And, you know, people are like, well, she fucking brought it on herself. Whatever. Re- for whatever reason, man. Yeah. At 20, whatever. You Nobody Come wants on. that. It's already tough to do that in your private life without the whole fucking world watching. Yeah. Whole fucking world watching and then analyzing and people who are yeah. utter strangers who don't have no it's on fucking the cover of every magazine. No proximity to the situation telling you what's going on or writing, yeah. telling others what's going on. So yeah. that, that seemed like a real. Mind fucking boy, oh boy, I'm, she'll be paying for it forever. 
So you imagine it, it's a learning fucking curve, yeah, man. Of like she'll of course made her a better person. Well, and the reality is she's no matter what you think of her as Bella Swan, and a lot of people can't look past the character to get to her. I mean, she is. If you look at her reviews for On the Road, or you know, look at her performance in Into the Wild for Sean Penn. She's a great actress. Yeah, yeah, she's a great actress. You might not have any patience for that lip biting, you know, little girl up in Forks. I'm alright, but she's a great actress. Yeah, she. I've heard a lot of people are just like, oh, she does this one note, and I'm like, hey, not really. No, look closer. I like her. Um, yeah. I, you know, I mean, I feel bad for her because she did kind of fuck herself over with that situation. But again, yeah. it's a fucking kid. It's a kid, man. Um, but they did get through it pretty well. Yeah. So and far. she'll work from now so far, until so the good. fucking end of time. I, hear, I've heard, I mean, I look, think I, that is I, I true. I'm asking you to say anything, but I hear she's, I'm saying this to Matt Cohen. So you go fucking. Ear <laughs> so you don't have to get in trouble. I hear she's a massive stoner. Yo, she, I, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, maybe is that out in the world? Confirmed. I, yeah. Come on now. There's been paparazzi photos and stuff of her smoking, and I, she's yeah. a massive stoner. In stoner circles, I've heard like, uh, she's what? I was like, get out of That made me like her a lot yeah, more. Yeah, totally. It's endearing. But who's another massive stoner who lives up to, who lives just up the street here who just acted opposite her and was famously photographed by paparazzi smoking weed out of an apple in her backyard Charlize Theron that's right what what played the queen in Snow White and the Huntsman yeah there was a massive stoner wait Charlize Theron's a stoner. Oh, yeah, there's a paparazzi photo for she had to rebuild her hedge wall dude to keep balcony she had to build her rebuild her hedge wall that one down the street Uh, does she still live there she lives uh I think she lives on outpost drive yeah yeah, yeah. I also hear not a nice person oh really yeah I know she was supposedly lived to here in the neighborhood. She does. But I thought she had moved. She lives wild. right next to I, I didn't know. the late great Gore Vidal. He was, lived in the Gore Vidal live oh, here? For fuck's sake, Kevin. I only know about Bob Barker. And you know and who lived on the other side of Gore Vidal? <laughs> Orlando Bloom. Legolas. He lived here as well? He still lives here. Really? So does she. Hang on. Let, let me just take a moment. So does David Lynch. Well, I know he lives up So on does Mulholland. Billy Idol. Billy Idol lives here? So does Will Ferrell. I've seen Will. So does Howard Hessman, who we've discussed on this show previously. I thought I've seen him before, <laughs> man. I thought, like, whenever I go walking the dogs, it's the same thing he said on the show previously. This is awesome. Unbelievable. He's walking his dog every day. Does he walk his dog every day? Yeah, dude, he lives right up the street yeah, on the same Penny. side of the street as Penny. Mar- Penny. She's been on, it. she came here and did some Yeah, I heard she making. did the show or something. Fascinating. You should just start yeah. going door to door for interviews, dude. I should. Who yeah. knew all these people yeah. in the neighborhood? <laughs> yeah. Um, William H. Macy, Felicity Huffman. Yeah, I've seen them. There's some ingenue like Scarlett Johansson, I think, just moved in. What about your buddy Bakula? Scott Bakula. I yeah. rescued his dog. The fuck out of here. We talked about it on the podcast. Hey. He brought, Quantum leap brought right us here? a bottle of wine. Yeah. That's wild. I didn't yeah. know that. Captain Archer. Who Absolutely. did we leave out? You hit everybody. Lawrence Fishburne. He's a, yeah, he's down the street. Um, Bob Barker. I've right? seen, yeah, I haven't seen him as a lower player. outpost. Yeah, yep. didn't but, he die? No, oh, okay, no, he's still down there. He's just How off the I? show. Okay. Yeah. He, he, every once in a while, you'll see him out there walking his spade or neutered dog. <laughs> um, speaking of all this, how's your wife's ongoing relationship with Starline Tours? <laughs> they honestly still throwing buckets of hot oil out of the out the window. Here? They stopped coming, dude. They haven't driven. Well, they down drive the by in a while. Not up this street, really. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't know what happened. It might have been the hose. The last time she took the hose out, uh, they stopped so using it. And also, c- couple that with the like, who the fuck is Kevin Smith anyway? Pull this house off. They're like, it's not worth it. I don't know, dude. But now, now that Ben's won an Oscar for, you know, for yeah. Best Picture, 
Yeah. Maybe they'll put it like, this is the house that Ben Affleck used to live in. <laughs> <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Exactly. Did you guys watch the show? The to Oscars? I did, yeah. 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 Did Thoughts? you watch it? Of course, I watched. You were, don't you follow us on Twitter, dude? We and Bill was calling me from Brussels. Was he watching live? He couldn't get it for the first half. And Mr. Condon, as you know, he produced the eighty-first show four years ago with Hugh Jackman hosting. But is a world-class Oscar obsessive. So, and since he's not even in the country, I'll just rat him out. He famously, obviously, since he did the eighty-first show, he's talked on again, off again about coming back with Lawrence Mark and and Hugh, mm-hmm. and doing another show. And um, what the hell? The Academy's asked them, asked them pretty much every year since, right? right? They um, did a good show. For those who don't they remember, did a great show. that was the yeah. sh- first time. Arguably the last great show. And only and probably one of the top five shows. They did shows. a bastardized version of it the following year, but where they would have a nominee. Bill's idea. Somebody like somebody was nominated, and they in the would four have, acting categories. In the four acting categories, oh, that's right. They had winners, and they would have talk, award talk winners. about the people. Yeah, talk yeah. about yeah. That was great. That's right. That was the good Oscar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was a, that was the last. I mean, I'm not saying that was the last because good then show, but the that was beauty a of that was the beauty of that was twofold. Number one, you had a, you had Oscar winners mm-hmm. sort of welcoming the new future winner into the pantheon. Mm-hmm. The it, who would only be, of course, in any given category, if Shirley MacLaine was—I can't remember who Shirley MacLaine talked about. Maybe even Jennifer Lawrence. I don't think this year was her first nomination. That, she was nominated for for uh, Winter's Bone, but that wasn't Shirley MacLaine. Talked, did the show. Oh, Shirley MacLaine talked about Anne ago. Hathaway, I think. When your man did the show, was it um, the year that uh, the uh, what was it? Hurt Locker was up, or no? Year before, right? And, yeah, that was the year before. Because then they did a bastardized version of this the next year, and I remember the Hurt Locker dude, Hawkeye, what's his name? Jeremy or Renner. Jeremy Renner's guy on stage was right. the Irish kid, uh, Bullseye. Oh, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell, because they, they worked together on Nark. fucking well, that's, SWAT. Yeah, oh, SWAT, excuse me. Yeah, then the, the best, all right, so. So the first year was. So the first year, the idea is give it to new Academy people. Award winners, each each winner, five of them come out. You never knew who they were because as opposed to this year's show, Bill and Larry leaked nothing. So their their whole thing was, if you want to see what's going to happen on the on the Oscar show, tune in because mm-hmm. we're not telling you who's presenting. We're not telling you any of the events. Well, they gave us fucking fa- – uh, there were fake announcements this year too. You know how many people were like, they're going to re- – every James Bond is going to be well, on stage. To all right, so let fake. me get this one I thought that out. That was supposed plan. to happen? No, I can, I can tell you all this shit. I heard but Connery let me just – let me get my all shit right, out. All right, all right, all right. And then I'll have nervous release. All right. Nice. All right, so <laughs> you never knew for the four acting categories. You never knew when that curtain went up. You had no idea who was going to come forward. And they got some amazing icons, right? So then five of them come forward, and each of the five says, says looks in, down into the audience, finds the actor who they're going to talk about, and says, when I saw your performance, blah, 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 blah. The great thing about this was everybody got a, an amazing moment on that show, mm-hmm. regardless of the fact that four of them were then about to lose. Yeah. And the fifth person who got the moment, was then welcomed as the a- only the 81st winner of Best Actor or the 81st Best Supporting Actress into the pantheon of the Academy, right? So you had all this showmanship working on so many levels, and people like Anne Hathaway, when Shirley MacLaine 
said, when I saw your work this year in Frost Nicks or what, whatever the hell it was, I can't even remember what it was. Um, back? Did he do the Brokeback year? No. Um, what was she nominated for? I, she's been nominated twice or three times. I don't times. know. She starts crying when Shirley MacLaine starts talking, when the legend of Shirley MacLaine starts talking about her. The next year, what they turned that into was, instead of five Academy Award winners for that category, it's like, well, let's just get five friends of the nominees. Yeah. What? Yeah. You know what I mean? Already the idea was like being horrendously watered down. So, okay. As regards this year. See, I thought I was convinced was, Bill had something to do with this year because first. Bill had nothing to do with this year. And then the year. Dream Girls Chicago thing happened. Hello. I was like, oh, I fuck. I've been talking shit about this show on Twitter. Jack's no, no, no. Uh, and I was all over Twitter. I was literally <laughs> watching the show by myself from the house. Anyway, uh, Bill had nothing to do with this year. It just so happened that they, they did an homage to Bill Condon movies? Well, no, it was like yeah. uh, the producers this year, two, the two main producers were Craig Zaden and Neil Marin, who were executive producers on Chicago, oh, okay. which won Best Picture 10 years ago. So what? So they celebrated themselves? Yes. That's what that was? So I was like, watching why? that Oscar cast. Who gives a like, fuck? I even, so I tweeted I out tweeted. like, oh, next year, it's the 10th anniversary of... Return of the King winning. We're going to need a bigger stage to get all... The Academy never... Who gives a fuck what won five or ten years ago? Right. But anyway, they decided they were going to have a... Not only were they going to reunite the cast on stage, okay, they were also going to have a musical number from the musical, Catherine Volunteers, and then Lip Syncs. Hello. Um, and then they wanted to do a number from she Les Miserables. She Lip Sync? Yeah. That performance? Yeah. Which was, by the way, it took about 0.01 seconds on Twitter before everyone in the wake of the, the great Beyonce lip syncing scandal no of 2013. I did not think she lip synced. I was like, oh, Twitter I was caught like, she fire. still got it. Twitter caught fire. They knew they wanted Les Mis at the end. They were going to open with this Chicago thing. And I guess they just decided, well, we've just seen Jennifer Hudson uh, sing the national anthem with a Newton... Uh, town school children's choir opening the Super Bowl. We've just seen Jennifer Hudson sing at the inauguration ball, the first dance for Obama and the first lady. Let's get J-Hud to come down and do And I'm Telling You. And like when we were told it, it was, okay, we'll take it because uh, that's a free, <laughs> that's like a free ad yeah, by totally, the DVD. Totally. And, she, and she then, she follows Catherine out, needless to say, does not lip sync it. Yeah, she brought the house down. And she killed. She got the first standing ovation of the night. I didn't know. As regards James Bond. Until they brought out fucking the whole. I was just sitting there. Until Les Mis came out and French flags unfurled from the. And I was just like, how the fuck? Proscenium. The whole fucking audience stands up. I was like, they just got to end now because there's no way. What other song can you do? Yeah. And then they bring out a cast of Jackman yes. first. But first Jackman, yeah. you're like, oh, all right, they're going to let Hugh Jackman sing. Then they brought out you know, Anne Hathaway. Anne. Then everybody. Then and then Sasha Cohen was on stage at the end. Looking, looking glum. My parents called me and they were Dude, like, is Ali G service? singing at the Oscars yes, right he is. <laughs> yeah. And also, brought in a valet Parker. Also looking grim in like the third row is Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, it was a strange amount of people with a sad panda. She came up, though. She also joined them on stage. Aged. Well, that's what I'm saying, she but did, looking yeah. grim. Yeah, well, looking like, Ugh, why do I have to do this? Because we say everyone's doing it. The thing with the James Bond thing was, I feel like, I don't know that they formally announced it or whether it leaked, but yeah, the first intention was... All the Bonds. All the Bonds, right? Wow. But here's the thing. 
even if you have that idea sitting around a conference room, a conference uh, table, much like we are now, mm. even if you have that idea, you're meant to kind of know enough of the lay of the land in town to go, that's a great idea, but Connery will never get on Connery the plane. Connery won't yeah. do it. Because he fucking hates the broccolis. That ain't and guess good. what? That's, he's, he's been out of commission he's for in, so He's long. infirmed. Yeah. He's an older. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. that's last I'd heard. But guess what? He is really like not. Qu- Somebody said they saw him at a tennis match recently, or some such shit. But last well, no, there was I a photograph of him online there. with like Andy Roddick. He looked okay. It looked fine over but the I summer. Hear, like not. Oh, his last it, film was League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and that which was, he swore would be his last. And that was O two. Was that O two? Yeah. Yeah. So it was. It's been a while since he's appeared. But here's the thing: float the idea privately, kill it. Maybe make one quick inquiry with team connery make sure that's the case and let it stay killed instead what happens is they come up with the idea and they they don't kill it quickly so the idea floats out there Mm. and then a month later they have to announce yeah we're not doing that they actually announced like don't look forward to that moment we're not doing that you can't have that announcement and then what that whole bond tribute turns into is shirley bassey coming out and singing which by the way Barbara Bo- Barbara Broccoli hated. Why did she not do a medley of her Bond songs? It made know. no sense for her to just. You know what I mean? Like it was just mishandled. Now that said, and why have Halle Berry? Halle Berry's the most iconic Bond girl we could get. Yeah, well, I don't who know. Else, who else would you grab? Think about it. Christmas. Jane Seymour. Who no. was what's her face? Uh, fucking uh, Denise. The, Richards. Yeah, Denise Dr. Richards. Christmas, Dr. Christmas Jones. Yeah, yeah. Nuclear physicist. Um. Um, Fomke Jensen. Persis Kambada from The Spy Who Loved Me. Dead. Xena Anatapa. Is she gone? Is she She's dead. Ailea has, has gone to be with the other uh, side. Decker on Veeger. <laughs> um, she died of cancer like a decade ago, dude. Bummer, man. Yeah. It was just strange. Like, not Who even else get would Daniel it be, though? Like, fucking pussy galore is gone, right? I don't even know. Ursula Andrews is alive. Is she? Yeah. Ursula Andress. Um, but even like bring Daniel Craig out, do something other than yeah. Halle Berry and Shirley Bassey. I, th- yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. Why Halle Berry? Why Daniel Craig didn't do it? As I thought that mystery. big reveal was going to be Daniel Craig, and then it was Shirley yeah. Bassey, and I was like, all right, cool. Daniel we'll Craig hear wasn't all the even there. Songs. No. Wasn't even in the audience. No. I mean, wouldn't you invite at least the the Bonds that you could get just to be in the audience so that you could have a moment where you're cut, 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 or just cut. get everyone but Connery and be like, sorry, yeah. you know what I mean? I gotta be honest with you, that clip reel was not good. Either. It ended with Quantum of Solace. It. it was the worst. Did you see a fan online made? They were like, "Here's the yes, real that's right. the Oscar which, has, which, by the way, has since been put up. It was fantastic at 007.com, yeah, which I believe is controlled and administered by the Broccoli's. Okay, well, that so that that sense. in and of itself is a statement of like, no, check this thing out. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of absolutely. Weak. I mean, I'm, I was watching it going like this. Like, they went from, let's get every fucking bond that ever happened, which would have included Woody Allen, correct? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're doing that, it would have included yeah. a lot, it would have included a lot more. Who, there were like eight people in Casino Royale who yeah. played, uh, Bond. I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, like, Orson Welles, I believe. There were, really? I mean, a lot of dead people now. But if but, you yeah, go from that to fucking, uh, here's a clip reel that fucking a first grader could have done. 
And uh, here's a song by, you know, admittedly an old, old older lady and stuff. It's yeah. amazing yeah. she got up there and belted it out still. Yeah, no, totally. But it seemed like kind of a patch more than anything else. Which, honestly, at that point, wouldn't you have just Don't been like... do it. Yes, Dump like, it. why the fuck it's was it pretty, necessary like, to be like, James Bond's 50 years old. They did at the BAFTAs, it made sense when they did it, because he's fucking he's British. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wired, wide. Like, it's, and it's not... A Has lot a of James people, Bond film ever won an Academy no. Award? A song, nothing. Well, did, you to a kill. No, this year is the first. Skyfall. Oh, yeah, I believe it's the first. Adele, right? It was the first Bond anything to win anything. Yeah, I think that everybody, everyone yeah. was very hopeful that Roger Deakins would win for his cinematography, but not to be. Instead, it went to the song. But let me just ask you. Let me just ask Instead you. Instead, it went this. to uh, Edgar Winters. Did you see that was trending? Yeah. Whoever the DP is uh, who won Best uh, Oh, yeah, Edgar Winters. It looked That's so much hilarious. like Edgar Winters that Edgar Winters was trending on Twitter. It was fantastic. But let me just ask you guys this. How about the moment uh, when the giant screen lowers from the proscenium in the opening, in the endless opening number, which went on for, I think, about 17 minutes? Oh, the Star Trek thing? And William Shatner appears in his uh, Starfleet maroon. And I was like... I literally tweeted, all in caps, oh my fucking God, I couldn't believe it. And by the way, let me just tell you, that set of the Enterprise Bridge and Shatner in the captain's chair was live downstairs below the pit. Oh, so instead of an orchestra? The orchestra wasn't even in the building. The orchestra was down the street in the Capitol Records building. Fucking weird. What? And how is that even legal with the unions? Like with the so musicians, strange. I don't know, man. My my big thing Kodak, with, the, with this the Dolby Oscar Theater is a union house. <laughs> and we t- we talked about it earlier about how the Oscar bill produced it was all about uh, class and respect and ingratiating yeah. these actors into it. This was the Oscars with the fucking Jaws playoff, not ingratiating. Excuse me, but yeah, <laughs> this was like that Jaws playoff, though hilarious, so offensive, was incredibly offensive to a so dude offensive. on stage like living his life's dream out. You might as well have the Sandman from the Apollo come out and fucking hook him. You know what <laughs> I mean? The two best tweets I read right after that, I think Howard Stern tweeted, "Wow, like even by my standards, that was cold." But the best was Richard Dreyfus tweeting. I saw that. Yeah. Wow, Stephen. It's, it's taken been X dream, years yeah. to have Will- to have a piece of Williams music from Jaws finally used as a to play someone off. I'm so proud. Oh, he, I think it was. Uh, it's always been my dream to have film a music from a film I've been played someone off at the Academy Awards. We yeah. did it, Steve, with an exclamation yeah. point. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was bad news. <laughs> that opening that sequence fucking with deaf. Kirk was so long. Yeah, and, yeah. and also like they kept returning to it. Speaking of Days of Future Past, totally. The that was the whole idea of the show. Naturally, is always kind of the host doing the most work that the host does throughout the whole evening. Generally speaking. The host will come out like Billy Crystal back in the day would do like Oscar, Oscar, Oscar and do a bunch of singing and dancing. Braveheart. That talked about each movie. But this one. Hugh Jackman did the same. This one more than anything else. Like this was all about Seth for the first 20 fucking minutes. Just like the entire cell for the show, dude. Even the billboard that they had on the tower at the corner of Hollywood and Highland. Ready, Seth, go. Yeah, yeah. And he's a talented singer. He's funny. 
and all that kind I of stuff. I was not a fan, and then but, he won me but all, over. All he won me Oscar- over that night. I was like, he can sing. He can. He dance. won me over yeah. in Hellboy too. He's the voice of Johan, the German ghost guy. Oh, was he? Yeah, and he, like with that thick German accent, he really. That was the first time I was like, all right, he's got something. But what has been the fallout? What are the reaction? I've seen him tweeting, "I'll never do it again." But that's he'll never me. be asked again. Yeah, that's what he's it smelled out. like. It's, he's out. It smelled like uh, the rate. Tina, I quit Tina and Amy. If they're yeah. smart, they do fucking Tina Pole. The ratings were up. And I think they were they were really up in that young demo that they were sort of most reaching for. Whether or not they should have been reaching for that is is arguable. But the ratings were really up with that young demo. And by the way, most like twenty somethings I've talked to all thought he was great. Whenever they tuned out, you know, oh, it was great for the first hour, and then, yeah, then I stopped watching and I started playing Skyrim or whatever. But. Um, <laughs> But I think that, that's it, a bet to you. It will bet. take a long time to. It will take like a month to settle, and we'll see what the board of governors, uh, of which Mr. Condon is now one. I mean, and I don't want to get says when they get together in their papal conclave. Of course, and what I, are they going to say? There's nothing to say. The ratings were up. Well, he's already gone out of his way to say I'll never do it again. The question is, will those producers be asked back? That is the question. Eh, but they switch producers all the time. I think the, yeah. I think the big like, I, 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 there's just never going to be a moment where people are like this was a bad idea. This was a weird Oh match. no, that's happened like that's happened since Bill and Larry's show like Hathaway. It's pretty much like a done deal. It, it Yeah, well that they I'm will, talking none about, of those no, no, producers. No, I, I guess you guys misunderstand me. Nobody is ever going to go out of their way to be like the Seth MacFarlane Oscar hosting gig was a bad idea. Oh yeah, you're because right. Because they yeah. got the ratings. Yeah, 100%. But, correct. That seems to be... Which matters more to ABC than it does the Academy. But it seems... Well, then who okayed him? Who said, hey, he should be the host? The network? Oh, no, I think or- they thought... I think, again, it's like at, with both of these jobs, hosting the show and producing the show, you have to... No one wants it because you're going to work every morning with, a, the, a, as Bill would say, the, the biggest fucking target on your back which is part of what made him so comfortable taking on Twilight. It's like, I already produced the Oscar show. Like, how bad could it be? Right. And now he's won a Golden Razzie, a Razzie Award for Worst Director. <laughs> is he going to put it next to his Oscar? Did he really? He won a yeah. Razzie? Yeah, we swept the Razzies last weekend. Is he the only weekend, Oscar dude. winner? To, oh, no, Halle Berry, a bunch of Oscar winners. Sandra Bullock. Uh, she actually went accepted, to collect yeah. the same year, yeah. Did he go pick his up? No, he's in Brussels shooting that WikiLeaks movie. Um, wow, yeah, I didn't know that him. he won. That's still happening yeah. in the fucking Razzies? 250 yeah. people pay 40 bucks to vote. Is that what it is? Yeah. But you have to say that's exactly the same structure as Film Independent votes the Spirit Awards. Anyone who wants to join that organization oh, and that. write Can and write pay? a check for 100 bucks gets to vote gets to vote the winners after the after the nominees come out of committee and it's the exact same thing for uh your favorite awards organization and mine, the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy and Horror Film. Really? You, yeah, you never went to the Saturn Awards? No, I mean I've always uh, founded by Dr. Donald A. Reed. Yes, yeah. but I've never I've never known that you can join that organization. Anyone who anyone who joins and writes a check gets a vote. I think the biggest thing to come out of this Oscars that we're still what uh, a week now on, and it's still people are only talking about is this whole VFX thing, and obviously we don't have time to get into that. But yeah, the VFX. Yeah, the VFX. just them cutting off that guy. That guy so disgusting. Fucking, yeah. So, and by the way, let me just say one last thing. Um, Bill spent his entire show sitting in the truck, which is this massive fucking NORAD truck that they back into the main loading dock at the Dolby Theater, mm-hmm. and where all the fucking switchers are set up and everything. Bill's call. Uh, Bill and Steven Spielberg had a lot of um, 
spent a lot of time together before that show because Spielberg really, I think Spielberg is very interested in producing an Oscar show. Um, and so there was just a constant free, free exchange of ideas. And Spielberg said, well, where are you going to watch the show? Bill said, I'm going to be in the truck, you know, with the switchers and the, the directors. And he goes, um, oh, I'd like to be in there with you. I, can I sit next to you? And Bill's like, yeah, sure. Oh, I hope this doesn't happen, right? And it didn't happen. Um, Spielberg stayed in the orchestra. But in that truck, you have all these executives from ABC basically fucking screaming when someone's speech starts to go long. They just start screaming at, like, the director, who is basically mostly a technical director. Cut him off. Not a movie director. Yeah, cut him off, play him off, play him off, play him off. And Bill is in there literally screaming, no, no. And not a single winner was played off on that 81st show. Not a single winner. And this year, the most disgusting playoff... In the history of the Oscars. ...was that guy who is winning an Oscar for Best Visual Effects, whose company has just declared bankruptcy. Yeah, Rhythm and Hughes. Yeah, yeah. Basically because that movie sunk that company, right? Yeah. They were asking for so much extra shit that they weren't willing to pay for. Yeah. I guess is the gist of it. I don't know. There, if you go, there's a hashtag on Twitter, which is VFX. VFX. And uh, if, no, it's VFX um, something. VFX. There's, uh, fuck. I mean, just Google VFX uh, Oscars um, or VFX. Um, there's like a coalition now. They're doing a Congress this week. Everyone's changing their avatars on social media to yeah, green, screen. green screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, basically what, what we're finding is, um, you know, there are a lot of visual effects companies in the business now. Yeah. Which creates a very competitive environment for, you know, not, and it's, this isn't the for companies know, that aren't studio. in India. Exactly. Yes, that's the biggest problem people are saying. Um, that aren't don't American, have the, don't have the to, slave children from Temple of Doom yeah. down in the fucking mines. Yeah, essentially the people here <laughs> making the effect, shots. Effects houses here, you know, are getting priced out by effects houses overseas. Effects yeah. houses overseas subsidies. In Canada. in Canada, it says a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if you're getting uh, ten million dollars or a percentage of your budget from China, China prefers that you use their visual effects people if they have them and so, so forth and such like. So starting to hurt big time American companies. A, a big one went digital domain went down. Went down. Wow, yeah. yeah, which used to be owned by Jim Cameron. And it was huge. And digital domain was the standard bearer. And they when they went down, people started getting a little nervous. But now it, Rhythm and Hughes, which did the effects Everything. for when you if you've ever seen Life of Pi, it's a beautiful movie, but like I would say it's Feels like it's forty-five, if not fifty percent, digital effect shots the whole time. It's never a real tiger. Yeah, never once. Never right? once. There's no ocean. It's all green screen. So yeah. I'd say eighty-five percent of that film. At there, that point, you're, that's the star of the movie. There's right a great there. Tumblr out right now, and a final thing that's uh, it's basically movies without VFX, and it's all shots of your favorite films. If yeah. there was no such thing <laughs> as VFX, yeah. So it's it's like there's a shot from Twilight of Renesme riding like a weird. Skeletal yeah, metal padded yeah, thing, which is what she did. Yeah. It's the Avengers all in like weird padded suits with like dots on them, like standing. You know what I mean? Right, it's, right. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Kevin, thank yeah. you so much. No, thank we have to you. Get you. This we have fun. to let yeah. you because we're running late, aren't we? Thank you yeah, for having me on your birthday, sir. No, thank you for it's Jack's birthday, everybody. Yeah, happy birthday, Jack. Thank you Wish for getting me into this. Internet. I know. Look at me on show sending 50. Cohen up. It took me sending 50 the cleaner episodes. up. Well, you need Cohen to get started in a podcasting yeah, it's business. True. No, it's been great. It's been really great. It is. You went from being a dude who's like, so what is this all about? Talking. 
to yeah. being a dude who fucking does it. Now, now you can Twitter never. Now you can't let you three months movie go by. You wrote, dude. Without, yeah, I have a higher follower account on Twitter than you. <laughs> this was amazing. I remember the day. <laughs> what are you, you up to? He's tweeting his Lady Gaga now, Jack. Yeah, yeah. What do you? Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm small potatoes now. I see other people rising way past me. I'm two point three or something like that. million. Yeah, but that's at, not at there that was a time, Kevin Smith. That Kevin Smith. There was a time yep. where I was in the top. 50 but i'm not even close to that anymore because then you got people like like i saw fucking the other day michelle obama well of course <laughs> like people who take to twitter and just blow up floatus will blow up but yep. i mean like neil patrick the pope harris. neil patrick harris is a lot man. the pope is I don't on know twitter where that happened i guess being on tv being on that he show and hosting and- the fucking tonys yeah certainly helps tv will raise your profile well sure. channels now are putting their the actors twitter's accounts sometimes on these shows especially reality shows so like yep. every wrestler in the wwf now instead of their name it says their twitter, twitter handle yep. so they all have a million plus i think i was the first to do that in the trailer for red State. that was my it was my I favorite put, thing too yeah, that true? directed by yeah. that Kevin Smith. <laughs> and i took some shit for it online some motherfuckers <laughs> were like oh he's using his twitter thing but Guess That's where we went. Right. <laughs> Plus, in 20 years, when Twitter doesn't exist, it'll be a novelty. Exactly. <laughs> I'll still be like, I was the first. On uh, Twitter, happy at birthday, Camel Toad. Camel Toad. At Jack underscore Morrissey with two R's and two S's. Thank you. It's Yeah, it's a good start to my birthday. I already banged out my Runyon Canyon. God, you make it sound so You're sexy. about to do yours. No way. <laughs> get a get blow, to it later. Get a blowjob in the... Uh, up in, in the, the park. That's what he is calls a Runyon. Done? Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what Runyon is. Is that the... Tell me some fucking gay gossip. Is that what happens up at Runyon? There is, a, of course. I mean, gays really? always mean, sniff out. Gays always sniff out a, a public park. Yeah. I've never... Are there bathrooms? I've seen people walking into that They're area. Shady. I've never... I've never, needless to say... You've even never if I, Even if I had done something, I certainly wouldn't say it in a hot <laughs> microphone. But I'm not going to get arrested for... A, and. Dude, if you get arrested, if you get pulled out of a park for that, you're a sex offender. Yeah, and also days. you got a home. You can fucking do just whatever you want yeah, behind exactly. closed doors. But wait a second. But no, some guys are obsessed over, with man. some guys are obsessed with the risk of getting being caught. out in public, dogging. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but wait a second. So it, at Runyon Canyon, I'm writing this information down. Yeah. Uh, at Runyon Canyon, where do people go? Because I've only been there once, and when I I didn't do the whole canyon, I walked up. All right, it's about halfway the, to the where the bench is to the right. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, "Fuck this!" And I kept, I went back down. But right, I don't the remember thing. there being like a, a fucking public restroom or something. All right, it's not a public restroom. You enter the Fuller Gate, which is one yep. of two main gates. Yeah, right, or one of three main gates if you count Mulholland. Mulholland. Yeah, but this is a southern gate. You enter the Fuller Gate. You walk straight up that paved road. Yeah, Fuller. It's basically the continuation of. Fuller. The street, right? yeah, it just keeps going up. And then it makes a hard 90-degree right-hand turn <laughs> that kind of goes up to that first sandy plateau before the house. you would climb before you would climb the railroad tie steps. Yes. Right? Don't make the 90-degree turn. Keep walking straight ahead into sort of the armpit of like the real canyon, the canyon of the canyon. The end of the canyon, which goes quite a ways up, uh-huh. and in that woodsy wooded area, there are there is uh you know there are the ruins of houses that existed once. There's con- like chimneys and shit. Concrete yeah. foundations, yeah, some broken chimneys. And uh, Bill and I did walk up in there once with our friend Adam Cook, and we did see disagreeable evidence of recent use. Really? Yeah, con, you know, rubbers everywhere and stuff. So they what lean up against the chimneys and shit? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> it's dude. Hot. Dude, Griffith Park, Central Park, it's all 
gays love a park. <laughs> almost <laughs> almost as much as George Michael loves a, a, a public, public restroom, restroom, which in England is called cottaging. That and, why? That's called cottaging. And, cottaging and, and dogging is is well, the dogging is specifically. Do you know what dogging is? No, I don't even. It's a British. It's another British thing. It's uh, dudes will pull up on like the side of like it's usually outside of parks and like parking lots at night. They'll just pull up in their parked car, and women will like go around to the different cars and just have sex with strangers. Kind of. Wow. It's a specifically like British. That's happening, but yeah, it's straight. It, it's wow. heterosexual. It's heterosexual sex. There's gay dogging too, I'm sure, but that's been going on for years. And tip, they call it dogging because they would walk their dogs as an excuse to be in the park at night, basically. Wow, man. Yeah. Hey, you guys <laughs> up on the He's getting excited. Yeah, dude. It's a fun podcast. You fucking kids. <laughs> Stay current and hip and lingo. But I'm not far. I got to make sure. Well, I never fucking walk around here. It's so tough, but. If I ever go back, man, I'm gonna fucking be like, "Where's the yeah, get your money? Where's, that, where's that dick sucking where's armpit that I heard about?" <laughs> that ner- On that, that note, that, uh, nervous release chimney. Uh, <laughs> Team Jack episode fifty shades will come up with the title after after wrap out. Nice, Kev, put your cans back. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com.